excited about getting into God's scriptures, His Word today. I know that it is going to be challenging, but that it's also going to offer great change in your life. Now, let me ask you all, let's be honest with me, right? Who remembered to set your clocks back? Okay, there's a couple of you. Good job, good job. Now, you know, we, we sit there and we go, if I could just get another hour of sleep, right? Have y'all ever done that, like, throughout the year? I need one more hour of sleep. And here's what I do. I go, but I know it's coming in the fall. Like, I know it's coming in November. I'm going to have that moment where I'm going to get that extra hour of sleep. And here it was for me last night. And sure enough, I get caught up in watching a, a game. And, and next thing I know, I go, well, I get an extra hour so I can stay up an extra hour later. Pointless. Absolutely pointless. And then I wake up this morning, right? And, and as I'm, I, when I get up, I normally get up, you know, like that 5.30, 6 o'clock range. That's me. I'm just geared that way. And, uh, and, and so I get up this morning, and I pop up, and I'm looking. I'm like, okay, this is what it's supposed to look like outside. And I go, and I look at the time, and it's like 4.30, you know? And I'm like, this is a cruel joke, God, you know? That's just not right. Anyway, so here we are. We are in part three of this message series that we're looking at here. And um, I want to, but, like, we've all had things in our lives where we have either said this to someone or we have at least thought it on our own minds. Like, I want to accomplish something, but there's a lot of work in it. You know what I mean? Like, I want to, you know, well, here we go. Watch this. Watch, watch, watch. I want to have a better marriage, but then I actually got to talk to my spouse. Uh, that's cruel, isn't it? Jeez, pastor. All right. Well, here we go. Here we go. I want, here, this is a big one. I want to save more money. But I can't help but going to McDonald's every day for lunch. There we go. All right. Right. Or, or, you know what? I want to be a better parent, but my schedule is so full, I'm going to have to put the kids on the back burner. Mm. You see, we all have these desires within our lives that we really have things that we want to better ourselves with. Like there's things that we want to do to become better at. I want to be more spiritual, or I want to be closer to God, but that's going to require me to do some work. Now, we kind of live in a culture right now that's very, like, give it to me. I don't need to work for it. We do. We, we, we have our hand out, and we expect everybody to do for us. And we often forget that, you know, anything of value that you have within your life, you have to work at getting it, or you have to work at attaining it keeping it of value. So we are in week three of this um, message series that we've been into, and, and I want to, but, you know, we're, we're talking about some of the hurdles or some challenges that people have in their faith. Um, there are many people that are not rejecting the true God, but rather they are rejecting what I have said for the last two weeks, I'm going to say it today, a distorted view of God. All right? Like, the first week we looked at a God that was an on-demand God. Like, I need him now. And, and I want him right now. And he needs to do everything that I'm expecting him to do according to my timeline. Today what I want to do is this. I want us to take a look at something that we've all been um, guilty of. We've all been in this moment. And that is this. Watch, 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 watch. Listen, rather, right? 
I just don't feel him. Like I'm feeling a void in life. I, I know that God is, is there and he's around, but I'm struggling because I just don't feel him. I believe in God. I know he's around, but I'm just not, like I'm going through a season of life that, man, I just don't feel him. We've been there. Some of you today, you might be there. Some of you, I hate to say this, that season might be approaching a lot faster than what you think. And we have to be ready and we have to be prepared that when we are in that time of our lives or when we're in a season like that where we just go, I'm just not feeling him, we need to be assured that even though we might have that feeling, God is still there. Like, have you ever said this? I tried to read the Bible and I simply don't understand it. Watch this. I try to sing the songs and everyone else seems to be feeling something, but I'm feeling numb, right? When I pray, it's like I'm talking and no one is listening. Here's one of those questions where I don't want you to answer out loud. Keep it to yourself. But have you been there? Are you there now? Sure. We've all been there. And then here, it's like the, this is the most annoying thing. Okay? Seriously, watch. This, this is the one that really gets people. Like when you're in a season like that, and then you see other people around you who are totally opposite. Like they're reading the Bible and they're getting all these wonderful golden nuggets. And they're telling you about it and you're like, I'm reading the same thing and I'm not getting it. You've been there? How about this? You're in the moment, in a worship service. And they're pouring out and you can see it on their faces. You're singing the same song that they're singing. And you're doing everything. You're doing the right motions. You're doing the touchdown Jesus or I'm carrying the TV up the stairs. You know what I'm talking about? You're doing all of those things. Or, or Tommy Daisy, I caught a fish this big when it was like that big. You know? You're doing everything that you're supposed to be doing by the textbook. But yet you're still not feeling it. It's a reality. We've either been there or we're there or I'm sorry, but that season might be approaching you faster than what you thought. Like, where is God in my life? I don't get it. Let me ask you this. If you didn't feel God today in church, whose fault would that be? Think about that. Was it God's fault? Like, for instance, God's looking at you going, I don't like your attitude this week, so I'm not going to allow you to feel me. Do you really think that's what God does? Like, I don't like the way that you have talked this week, so I'm going to be absent out of your life today. Do you really think that that's what God does? Like, I don't like how you've treated your spouse or your parents or, 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 or your children. or You know what? You didn't read the Bible but six days of the week instead of seven, so I'm going to make myself absent. Do you really think that God does that? No. That's not who God is, and that's not what God is about. If we don't feel God, watch this. It really comes down to us. I heard a story the other day, and I, I told it to somebody. I don't remember who I told it to. Somebody here. I, I just can't remember. But... Um, I, was, uh, I was on social media, and one of my pastor friends, he, he does a, a Facebook Live video like once a week, and, and so I was, I was checking it out, and 
He was talking about how sometimes change just doesn't happen right away, but it takes time within life. And so he used an illustration of a waterfall. He's like, you know, the water's coming over, over a, a side of a cliff or, or, or over a mountain. And the first time that that water went over it, when the water hit the rock, it didn't make a change. Like that rock may never have felt anything happen in that moment. But as time went and that water continued to flow over the edge and would hit that rock, the water then began to change that rock according to the pattern of what it was hitting over time. Oftentimes, if we're not feeling God or we're not seeing God move right away, we think that God is absent. But all along, as long as we're allowing God to move in our lives and we're allowing the word of God to be a part of our lives and we're allowing time of prayer to be a part of our lives, even when we're not feeling like doing it, the same process is happening within your life. It may not be happening right when you think it should. And it may not be making the, 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 the change or the difference how you think it should. But if you would, let me encourage you. This is, somebody needs to hear this this morning. I don't know what season you may be in within your life and the struggles that you may be having. But don't stop. Do not give in to the emotional side. Do not give in to what you have perceived God to be and where he is and where he is not. I want to tell you this. The Bible tells us that God will never leave us, nor will he forsake us. The Bible tells us that his word is what? It's breath to our very soul. God has never left you. I'm going to introduce this talk to you. I'm going to say this, if, and this is part of your notes. If you don't always feel God's presence, you're not alone. Just take a look around here for a second. No, seriously, look around. Look around. Look at the people. Right? They're beautiful. Everybody's beautiful, right? You're not alone. If you don't always feel God's presence, you're not alone. We have all been there. Let's take a look in some scripture. Psalm chapter 88. Uh, starting verse 13 through 14, the psalmist, you can kind of feel his frustration. He cries out. He says this, but God, what does he say? I cry to you for help, Lord. He says, in the morning, my what? My prayer comes, or, or excuse me, in the morning, my prayer goes before you. Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? In other words, he's saying, God, I need your help. But yet, I'm not feeling you. I'm not feeling, you're, you're not interacting in my life the way that I'm expecting you to, the way I want you to. I'm not feeling your presence. But God, I need your presence right now. I need you even so much more than ever before. It's, it's as if he's saying, God, why in this moment are you rejecting me? Let's look at some spiritual greats in the Bible. David. All right, in the Old Testament, he had a very intimate times with God. The Bible even declares that he was what? A, a man after God's own heart. The scripture reads, he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. He's in this moment extremely confident, but then watch this. In other times, the same man who was considered to be a man after God's own heart, who was so confident, he says this, where are you? I can't feel you. Why, why aren't you answering my prayer? Why are you allowing my enemies to do this 
to me. How about this Paul within the New Testament? See, I'm, I'm pointing some people out that we think had it all together within the Scriptures. But they also went through seasons just like you and I do where we go, I'm just not feeling him. Like, where is God right now? Paul, in the New Testament, he experienced so much. He experienced the Damascus Road moment where his life changed forever. Where he went from being a true hater to a true believer. And we actually understand that it was somewhat of, of 17 years of his life. While he was being a follower of Christ, he wanted to preach, he wanted to teach, but God continued to say, wait, just wait. Now's not your time. You might think your time is now, but now is not your time. So I, I start to think again about that illustration of that waterfall. You see, many of you within your lives, you've been expecting God to do something great, marvelous. You know that he has placed a promise upon your life, but yet you're not seeing it come about. And so what we do is we begin to doubt, God, where are you? Like, God, I'm not feeling you right now. Jesus, even think about him for a minute. He walked into what? Most intimate fellowship with God himself. The Bible, we understand he was what? God on the cross. Jesus became sin for us. And the world was going dark and, and he looks up in his most desperate moment. He cries out, my God, my God, what? Where are you? Why? The Bible says what? Why have you forsaken me? In other words, in that moment, Jesus himself is saying, God, I felt you my whole life, but right now I feel as if I'm all by myself. Where are you, Father? I bring these about, and I want you to hear about these great individuals within the scriptures so that you can understand that even when you go through seasons of doubt and, and, and when you're not feeling God's presence, you are what? You are not alone. You are not alone. There's moments even within my own life, and here I am to be a, I'm a pastor of, a, which I think is the greatest church on the planet, by the way. You like that? I got to, you know, throw that in there, because I love it, all right? But there's even moments in my own life, I, and I'll sit here and I'll be like, watch, at my desk, I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, what am I going to do today? Like, like, there's moments, and I'll even sit at my house and I'll go, I struggle with the same sins. I struggle with the same struggles that everyone else struggles. But yet, God, for some reason, you allow me to talk to them about you. How in the world do you do that, Lord? You're not alone. You're not by yourself in this Christian walk. So why don't we always feel God? Let's take a look at three things. Number one, maybe... You are over, watch this, what? You are over, I'm going to mess my word up. I'm so going to mess it up, right? Sensationalizing it, woo! See, I have a problem with that word and another word called, I, I, I call it frustration, and it's fra, fra. Every time I go to say it, I, I practice it in my, in my head before I say it to you, you know? 
frustration. But maybe you are over-sensationalizing it. In other words, you're doing exactly what the disciples did in, in John chapter 6, verse 30. Watch what happens here. They asked Jesus, they said, What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? In other words, what they're saying here is, Jesus, you know, what are you going to do? All right. They go on to say, and they start looking, and they're looking at their past, and they're causing an argument here. And they say, Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness. It's written that God gave them bread from heaven to eat. Like, God did this. God did a miracle. This bread from heaven was provided for them. And, but they are in a moment where they're going, but what are you going to do for us, Jesus, so that we know that you're with us? Like, what are you going to do? I'm sorry. Have they not been hanging out with him? Have these same individuals not seen some of the most miraculous times and miraculous moments? But yet they still had, what, doubt within their life of who he was? I say that again to look at you and go, you're not alone. You are not alone in this moment. There are some of you, you may be doing, just as I said, over-sensationalizing it. You want to know God. You want to feel it. You're looking for what? That audible voice. There's been those moments where I'm like, all right, God, here's the deal. I'm praying before I go to bed, and this is what I need you to do, and I need an answer, so God, give me a vision while I'm sleeping. Has anybody ever done that? Come on, be real. Don't let me be the only dumb one. Thank you. The rest of you are liars. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Y'all better be repenting later. Right? Think, think about this, right? Right? Lord, the next conversation I'm going to have, that person's going to speak exactly what I need for my life. And you talk to the friend that's so far from God, and they're using language, and you're like, well, that failed. Right? You've been there? You've been there? Sure you have. We have been in those moments where we're expecting God to do, and he just doesn't seem to do it. We think he's going to answer us in what? An audible voice. There are times where you may feel him, but there's also times where you simply don't feel him. And what we have to understand is that our feelings are not evidence of the presence of God. If you always felt God, uh-oh, this is a challenge one right here. If you always felt God, you wouldn't need faith. It, let, let me repeat that. Some of y'all need to write that one down. That's good. That was good. That was good. If you always felt God, you wouldn't need faith. We understand this. Without faith, it's what? Impossible to please God. There's some of you, if I just say if you're, that you're over I'm going to mess it up again. Sensationalizing it. You're, look, and I love emotion. I love emotion, right? I mean, you heard my voice last week. It wasn't there, right? I, I'm a coach, and I have a little bit of a competitiveness inside of me. Just a tiny bit, right? Like, seriously, some of you would look and be like, he's a pastor, you know? Like, really? Lord, I don't want to be a part of that church. No, no. 
No, you do because I'll take up for you too, right? And uh, so, so I'm out there, and I'm just like, I'm not like screaming at him like I'm mad, but I'm like trying to motivate. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, come on, let's do this. You know, you're better than this, you know? And if it's mine, I'm like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? All of that stuff, you know? Sometimes God, he talks to us very quietly too, in like a quiet whisper. And, and it, you know, the Bible tells, and, and it speaks whole kinds of stuff about being silent. It says, look, what? Be still. My favorite scripture, Psalm 4610. Be still and know that I am God. It's my favorite scripture because I struggle with that the most. It's a challenge to me every day of my life. I have to be still and wait on you, God. Even though, Lord, I'm not feeling you, I'm not going to jump the gun and say I'm done with you. Because I know, Lord, that you've never left me. Even in my darkest moments, You surrounded me with people and loved ones who said, no, I'm not going to let you forget that I'm still there in your life, moving and working. See, some of you are here this morning, right? And you're just kind of like going through the motion. You came to church because somebody invited you or you feel it's obligated because it's a Sunday and all of this stuff. And, And listen, God is sitting here. He's communicating to you right now through the power of the Holy Spirit. He's saying, look, I've not left you. I love you. I am here for you. All right, number two, here we go. Maybe, just maybe, your heart has hardened. That's a tough one. A hardened heart. You were close to God at one point, and now your heart is now soft to the things of God. Or is not soft to the things of God, rather. Um, Jesus quoted Isaiah in Matthew chapter 13. uh, Looking at scriptures 13 through 15, he said this. You'll be ever hearing, but never understanding. You'll be ever seeing, but never perceiving. Then he said this, for this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. So what what, what happened here? Over time, their heart had grown hardened. Spiritually within their lives, they didn't see like they used to see spiritually and now they don't hear like they used to have heard. Maybe some of you today are are right there in that moment. You need to understand this. The number one cause of a hardened heart, this is tough, is sin in our life that separates us from God. The number one cause to a hardened heart is the sin in our lives that are separating us from God. Now, let me explain it. If you sin against God, does that mean that God doesn't love you and that you're not a Christian? No, obviously not. Your sin against God and you're a follower of Jesus, watch this, you're still a follower. You're just a sinner, saved by grace. God doesn't just separate himself from you for when you have done wrong. He allows conviction to come into our lives to draw us to him. Not condemnation to draw us further away from him. Are you understanding me on that? We all are going to sin. We all are going to fall short. Even as a Christ follower, you're not exempt from that lifestyle. The Bible causes us to to come to a, a moment or a spirit of repentance daily. Do you recall last week there was, what, like 640 laws within the scriptures? 
And it's impossible for us to follow every one of them every waking moment of our day. You cannot do it. That's why Jesus said the greatest thing that you could ever do is love me. Because if you love me, then you're going to strive to do your best to live according to my laws. See, there's things in our lives that we're a part of that is sinful that we don't even recognize. Father, you know, search in me. Show me, God. Sin, sin, it it brings a separation between us and God. Okay, here, here, let me break it down to you like this. I got a kid story. I got a kid story. My son Carter, he's nine years old. And uh, look, I like sports. I like football. I like baseball. I tolerate basketball. I'm learning to stomach soccer. You know, all of these things. I'm, I'm, I'm into sports. But then there's some sports that I'm not so sure are sports, but, and that's not to offend anybody in here, but they are, and it's called hunting. Okay, it's called hunting. And, and my son Carter, like his older brother Kyle, love duck hunting. Now, when Andrew and I, we were first married, I had the privilege, notice I say privilege, to go duck hunting twice. First time I went, I'm out there, and, and I, I'm not dressed appropriate. I'm freezing to death, right? And, and I'm, it's, it's not fun for me at all. I'm going, when can, can we get the boat back to the house? I need heat, all right? And, and, and I didn't shoot nothing, didn't even try. I was just like, whatever. And so then the second time I went, because everybody's like, you got to at least get one. You got to at least get one. So the second time I went, we were out there. It was like 20 minutes. Boom, got one. I'm done. <laughs> My life is now accomplished. I did what the Lord wanted me to do, and now it's over, you know? And we, I went several years. It was paradise. Several years of not having to go duck hunting anymore. And then Carter, the nine-year-old, who idolizes his big brother, Kyle. And if he, if he did it, he's got to do it too. That's just how it is. And he gets in his mind, I've got to go duck hunting. And I'm like, no, you don't. No, no, you don't. And then Kyle's getting old enough, and he's like, I'm, I'll take him. I'm like, yes, you will. Yes, you're going to take him duck hunting. So he, uh, he, we, we, we get him, you know, I, I, I get him the gear, get him the coat, get him the waders. And, man, he, you know, they're going out. I even woke up in the morning, make sure, you know, they had hot stuff. I was, you have a great time. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. You know, God bless you. You know, and they went out and they had a blast. He comes back, smile on his face, shotgun in hand, ducks on the bed of the tailgate that he shot. I was proud moment. Glad I wasn't there, though, because it's too cold for me. I have no desire to go. Kyle, take a picture, you know. And so, well, now Kyle is away. Fast forward. Now, you know where I'm going with this. Kyle is away. He's, he's on his deployment. And, and, and so Carter is expecting now. Dad, we're going duck hunting. I'm going, oh, no. Oh, no. So there's a couple guys in the church who go duck hunting, and they're like, well, we'll, we'll take car. Yes. Yes, you will. Until mom says, but you're going with him. Now, look, you got to go duck hunting, right? You got to get the right clothing. 
You got to have the waiters. I don't have none of it. I'm the other day looking online. Holy cow, I need a loan <laughs> to buy all this gear for an adult. And, and why do you have the gear? Watch this. Why do you have the gear? You have the gear so what? It separates you from the cold. It's a barrier that is there to separate you from the cold. It's kind of like sin. It's a barrier that is there that separates us from God. Even as a Christ follower, it can separate us from the presence of him. It can cause us to be in a state or in a season of where we're not feeling him. So I would challenge you in this aspect, and this is why I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just beating around the bush a little bit. But I would challenge you in this sense and say, what, what's the sin? You're not feeling God right now. What's going on? Something's happening within your life. You're involved in something that you should not be involved in. You're allowing something to be a part of your life that, that's not lining up with Scripture. Something is happening. And God is saying, look, we need to do a spiritual thermometer check here. Where are you at? What conversations that, 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 that aren't appropriate are you allowing yourself to be a part of? What relationships need to be cut off? What environments should you not be allowing yourself to be in? Something needs to change. Something must happen. All right, number three. Maybe God wants to draw you closer. This is a tough one to really understand, right? Um, I don't always feel God, but maybe it's because God is trying to draw me closer. Let's take a look in Acts chapter 17, verse 26. Paul, he was preaching to, to the Athens, and he preached this way, and he said this. For one man, God made all, from one man, excuse me, God made all the nations that should inhabit the earth. He marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. And then, then he said uh, the why behind it. And here we go. God did this so that they would what? Seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him, though he is not far from any of us. In other words, why did God do that? To create a longing, to create a hunger, to create a thirst. Like yesterday, it's Saturday. Usually this happens on Sundays, but for some reason it happened to me yesterday, too. Here we are, we're, we're busy, we got a busy schedule, we got to go up to Salisbury, uh, we got to, Caden's got a soccer game and, at the Crown, and, and so we're going up there, and it's right at lunchtime. Does anybody get, like, was it hangry? Right? Thank you. Man, some of you are like, bam, yes, I'm hangry right now, Pastor. Can you hurry this up? All right? That can happen to me. That means you're hungry and you're angry about it, right? You know? And I've always noticed, like, if you allow yourself to be apart away from food, what happens? You long for more of it. You need it. You want it. God doesn't always create the absences within our lives, but he often allows them so that he can simply what? Be hungered for and be thirsted for. He allows us sometimes to go through these seasons and these moments so that we are going after him even stronger. I love it in Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9. He says this, if you seek me, you will find me. Somebody needs to hear that little portion of that scripture right there. What? You, what? When you seek me, you will find me. And when you seek me with what? 
all your heart. Not just a portion, but the Bible says with all of your heart. I've heard people say, well, you know, I've been seeking after the Lord and he's just, he's not there. Well, the Bible tells me this, that can, did I have the right scripture? Can you go back one? I may not have gave it to them correctly. It says in, in 20 verse 9, if you seek me, what? You will find me. And we do that what? when you seek me with all your heart, all of your heart. The question today is, are you doing it with all your heart? Are you opening yourself up and saying, Lord, here I am. I'm, 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 I've not been feeling you, but you know what? Here today, I want to make a change. I want to switch things up a little bit here, God. And, and I'm going to seek you today, God, with all of my heart, with everything about me. I'm going I'm to push everything else aside, God, and I'm, I'm going to seek you. My attention, Father, is going to be on you. I want more of you in my life. I've not been feeling you, God, and, and you know what? Maybe because there's some sin in my life, and I've allowed that to become a separation between me and you. It's almost like I become numb to you. Or watch this, we become numb to the sin. Where we know it's wrong, but we've done it so much and, and battled with the, the struggle for so long that we just become numb to it. We go, well, it's just the way God created me. Come on. God has more for your life than that. God's got a plan for your life. God's got a desire for your life. He's got things that he has willed for your life. And the biggest thing that will ever stand in the way of what God has is you. These things really come down to your decision making. Are you going to seek him with all of your heart? I want you to stand with me this morning. Sometimes one of the things that we have a struggle with understanding is that God is a jealous God. And that God wants to be number one in your life. You know, I, um, I sit down with, with couples who are going to be married, and I have conversations with them. I actually make them read a book. It's a pretty cool book, actually. And we go through the book together. It's five chapters. We go through it. But the first chapter is this, and, and many of you already know this because I, I say it often, and that is your spouse isn't your number one. God is your number one. When you seek God in everything, when God is at the forefront of all things, then we have the proper order. Then a marriage can be healthy. A family can be healthy. A spiritual walk can be healthy. We must be in the attitude of God, I need to seek you. I need to, with, and the Bible says what? With all of my heart. If I am seeking him with all of my heart, the Bible promises promises that we will what find him so today here we are it's a great sunday it's awesome to be together it's great to be here but i don't want this just to be about a ritual or an obligation or this is just what we do i want this to be genuine in your life this morning are you seeking him do you feel his presence maybe you're over sensationalizing it maybe Maybe it's because you're, 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 you're simply just 
become numb to the sin. You've allowed sin to separate you. God is saying, here I am today. I can be found. I've been waiting on you. I've, I've not left you. I'm here. But you have to seek me with all of your heart. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and bow your head this morning. And I think as Christ followers, we have a challenge, and, and we'll get to that challenge in just a moment. But I think it's appropriate for the first thing to talk about today is salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Scriptures tell us that the only way to the Father is through the Son. And the only way for any of us to truly have that presence of God in our lives is first and foremost, we have to accept His Son, Jesus Christ. And you could be here today and you could be feeling that loneliness and and, and you realize that there's a void in your life and you've been trying to fill it with so many other things and God is saying, and Jesus is saying, the Holy Spirit speaking to you today, tugging at your heart, saying, look, the only thing that can fill that void is me. I'm the one that can bring true joy and peace. A peace that is not understanding, that you can't grasp. It's me. And, and, and I, I picture in my mind that literally Jesus is, is, is standing here with his arms open saying, if you don't know me, today's the day. This is the moment This is the place where your life, eternity, changes everlasting. So my challenge to you this morning is if you're not a believer in Christ, I make make it so simple. I really do. Actually, Jesus makes it so simple. But if that is you in this room today and you could say, you know what, Pastor? Today, I'm giving my life to Jesus Christ. Today, I will live my life for him from this moment on. If that is you, I just want you to slip up your hand. See that hand? See that one? See that hand? This is your moment, your opportunity this morning. See that hand? Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Father. Let's pray this prayer as a church together and do it enthusiastically. Lord Jesus, today I commit my life to you. Be my Lord, be my master be my Savior. I repent of my sin and help me from this day forward to live according to your scriptures. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? That is awesome. Now look, you guys know I I switch things up quite often. And so today, I feel like it's appropriate to do it this way. Sometimes I just say, you know what? If you're going through this, raise your hand. I'm not doing that today. Sometimes I say, you know what? We've all gone through it, and we'll have a moment of prayer. I'm not doing that today either. Today, you've got to do something. Today, God's challenging us, and he's saying, look, you don't feel my presence. You've not been feeling me. Maybe you've never felt my presence. Who knows? Maybe it's been a really long time. Maybe there's some things in your life that, that you are recognized today that need to change. Some relationships need to change. Some environments, some things that you're allowed to be a part of your life because we looked at that one little segment there about sin. It's separating you from God. 
you realize something's, something's got to happen differently. If that's you in this place today and you want to say, Pastor, I, just, I want to feel God's presence again in my life, more so than I've ever felt before. Maybe you've gone through seasons where you felt it strong and you're, you're like in that drought. Well, God says, let's get out of that thing. God hasn't left. His presence has never left. His spirit has never left. Maybe you just created a numb moment. So God is challenging us today and he's saying, no, you know what? Why don't you step out from where you are? Why don't you come up to the front here? Spend a few moments in prayer with him. We're going to sing another song, a worship song to God. Pour out whatever it is the struggle is that you're going through in life. Allow God to interact with you. Let the moment happen. Don't rush God. Let him move and work. He loves you. Do you know that? He loves you. Like, he really loves you. He's on that cross. You know who he thought of? He thought of me. He thought of you. He thought of you. He thought of you. So I'm going to open this up to you today. If you want to come down here, you can and spend a few moments with God's presence. My chains are gone and I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. Like a fly, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that Chains are gone and I've 
Father God, we love you. And Lord, you have spoken into our lives today. And Father, we know, God, that your presence is with us. That you are moving in our lives, even, God, when we feel like you're not there. Help us, Lord, not to allow this sin to bring that separation. But God, that we can move away from that, God, in the spirit of repentance, God, to where we don't go back to those things of old. But Father, we only strive for what you have for us. Lord, that we would allow you, Father, to speak into our lives every day, allowing your word, allowing times of prayer, allowing fellowship with one another, God, allowing moments like this, gathering together corporately, God, to allow your spirit to move in our lives. That, God, you would continue to speak fresh words into us every single day. That, God, you would embrace us and love us. God, that you would allow protection upon each and every one of us, Father. God, we're, we're your servants. We're your children. We're here to worship, to honor, and be obedient unto you. So God, strengthen us every day. And as the psalmist said, God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen. We love you. Have a great day. Savior, it's ransom, and like a flood, it's mercy.